to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who, who deserve a, a pat on the head for doing such a good job last week while I was out. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, hey, Dave. Hey, Gene. And just like the pat in the head that Suzuki gave Hart, I'm pissed off for having received it. And I don't believe that you gave it with uh, good intentions. Uh, I'm Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zielak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And uh, I'm used to getting patted on the head because that's, you know, I'm down way down here. So that's what most people do. <laughs> to you know congratulate me you know they they give me a good hair tussle you know it's been a while since we made a good gene height joke on potadelphia they <laughs> yeah. were a staple for a while then i then i heard them and i was like man this this sounds really bad about me so gene i'm happy you, i'm happy you brought them back hey you know if you can't be uh self-deprecating about yourself who can you be self-deprecating about i think that's how that works yes yeah <laughs> So should we start and, and, with some good news? Am I the only one that when when Suzuki did something positive in that series, I just kind of wanted to scream Ichiro? <laughs> um, yes. Yes, you are, because... Probably. Eh, well, I honestly didn't make the connection. I honestly was thinking of the motorcycle for the longest time. I kept, and being, then you, I kept hoping okay. he was going to be represented by Joe Azuzu at one of the... Uh... One of the press conferences. <laughs> um, but when you said Ichiro, I'm like, oh, yes. I was sort of kicking myself for not thinking it before. Um, and Suzuki was the kind of guy you rooted for up until this series. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. you know, good young prospect, you know, uh, comes from, uh, you know, Asian background that you don't see much in hockey. So nice for the diversity of the sport, which God help us, needs it. Um, and then, God, he was a little bastard this series. Like, outside of the head tap, he wasn't irritating, but he was just all over the place. Like, who the fuck are you? You know, it's... In a good way. All over the place in a good way, if you're a Canadians all... fan. <laughs> all over the place in a good way for the Canadians and a bad way for the Flyers. Um, but no, you, you couldn't go two minutes without hearing his name. He was a, he was a force out there, and... Yeah, it was a bit of his coming out party, and you know, next year I hope he goes back in, or at least we don't play right, let's get in. Yeah, let's get into this because um, I have one child uh, that has not been alive for a Flyers playoff series win. Chuck, I believe you have two. Correct. Uh, like what? What? Like just think about where we were eight years ago when the Flyers last won a playoff series. It just feels like an eternity. Uh, it really does. And, you know, you say eight years, you know, when you're in your 40s or even your 30s, you say eight years, you know, well, eight years wasn't that much. But when you actually do the math and go, that was how many houses ago? That was, you know, you know, like, what was going on in my life then? Like, oh, I was, I was engaged, but not yet married and didn't have any kids and didn't even know if I wanted any. Yeah, and if you're like a 30-year-old Philly fan, you're basically saying like, wow, a quarter of my life has gone by since the Flyers have won a playoff series. God, that's so true. That's This that's... isn't right. This is the, like I'm not <laughs> – Yeah, you know, we talked about 
Flyers mediocrity over the, over the years or whatever, but like they have, have a more of a winning tradition. We should not be going eight years without winning a, a playoff series. Yeah, that's true. I think it was the, um, God, was it, uh, a year ago now, a year plus, where it was should the Flyers lose for Hughes? And I think it was David, uh, Dave's eldest, asked him, Dad, have the Flyers ever been good? You know, and for for fans of a certain age, that's unfathomable. You know, we need to make it to the Stanley Cup final this year so that we can say we've made it in every decade since the 70s. And I'm saying that the you know, the 2010s ends in 2020. So to, we have to make it this, this year. year. Yeah, okay. We, you don't start counting at zero. You start counting at one. So consequently, it ends at 10. Or in this that's case, not my, No, when, when my kids count to 10, they start with zero. <laughs> well, that's why your kids are behind. <laughs> and I'm sorry we're having this conversation with people <laughs> present, but they got to work on those math skills. But no, it's, it's not right um it's not typical for fans of a certain age but something else that's not typical is we have a goaltender for the foreseeable future um with a lot of young talent it feels like it feels like the balloon has been reinflated you know no fuck it it feels like we have a new balloon (laughs) you know there were so many times from the the lindros era until hextall that it felt like we were just, you know, charging up that credit card, you know, moving some pieces around, bringing in new people, refreshing, re- rejuvenating the team, but never really a wholesale rebuild. Well, this was as close as we'd ever come for a patient approach with the Flyers, and now there's no reason to believe that we're going to go another eight years without winning around. If we go another eight years out running, winning around, everybody's long since fired. This is a disaster. I don't think it's going to even bro, close. Bro. To that. bro, we're not going another two weeks without winning around. <laughs> let's get, uh, let's get want... the positivity going. Let's you know get on oh. the bus now. So, Dave, I'm... I mean, Chuck and I really like went off on this series last week. What what was your takeaway from the Montreal Canadiens? Was there any anything that surprised you about playing a team that was basically the twenty four seed in the tournament coming into the to the return? Um, are you well, glad? Are the Are you glad they're gone? Yeah. Well, I mean, one, I think we're we're amazingly fortunate to to get that draw, but. It's also a dangerous thing because you're playing with you're playing with a team that literally has absolutely nothing to lose. They they didn't you know they should, by all rights should not have been in the playoffs. They were given this golden ticket. Um, they got a um, maybe in their minds a lucky draw in the Flyers. Like okay, well this team by all rights probably would have been the four seed. Um, and you know we're, we're dodging a bullet by not getting the the Bruins or or Tampa Bay. Um, so th- they were really just playing loose and had nothing to lose. I, like when I watched the Canadians, I didn't really see much tightness. Um, and they have a goaltender that can potentially steal games. So it's a tricky it's a tricky matchup. It's not a perfect matchup for us. I didn't feel like so. Um, 
you know, I didn't feel like we were going to go in there and get a sweep. Although, you know, I would have liked to see them end it in game five instead of playing this extra sixth game. Um, but I mean, as far as my takeaways from the series, I thought I-, I love that we stuck with Hart the whole way through. Um, the back-to-back shutouts was awesome, amazingly encouraging. Um, and you know, even when times got tough, like there was that one. There was that mo- one moment where it looked like AV was going to make the change. However, the offsides uh, review kind of made him go, okay, well, then I can, I, I have a little more leash here. We're going to stick with him, which I thought was a great, a great decision. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm glad they're gone because if they were still here, we would be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think, uh, I think it's good to get that like first series win off of like a, not a overwhelmingly threatening opponent. So I gave you guys a lot to unpack there. I think. Yeah. No, um, it, I, we're pretty much on the, the same page. I think the, I talked to it a little bit last week. I'll touch on it again. I think the, the Habs were a deceptively tough opponent and that's good for the flyers. Yeah, just ask Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah, and actually, the the one point you brought up of uh, the Habs had to be con- considering themselves lucky to be facing the Flyers because, by all rights, they should have been facing, you know, the Bruins, you know, which on paper would have been the the tougher opponent. Or they should have been facing like the fourteenth hole dog leg right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they. <laughs> well, I mean, in in a perfect world, they'd be. You know, getting ready to go back to training camp for uh for the next well, season, yeah, but um, but to think, you know, just mentally, you have to go. All right, we beat the Penguins. Now we're going to face the team that was like one rank higher than them, also from Pennsylvania, also this storied team. You know, the Habs had to be saying like, all right, we did it once. Let's just do it with the team from the eastern side of the state. Although Canadians have no idea about Pennsylvania geography, FYI. Ask any one of them. They have no fucking clue where we are. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, but, uh, honestly, ask Americans where Montreal is on a map and then where Vancouver is. And uh, I would love to see what you get. God, that's really true. Yeah. We, we, our house is, is not ones to be throwing stones from. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, the, the takeaway was you, you touched on something that I was going to touch on later is, you know, got round one under our belt. And I, I've mentioned on the show before, I don't think there's a hell of a lot of difference between round one and round two. That threshold to go from regular season to first round of the playoffs, I don't think it's another big jump to go from first round to second round. So there should be no real intimidation factor for the Flyers moving on to the next opponent. It's not like, oh, okay, we won one round in eight years, but we haven't won two in in nine or or whatever it might be. Um, I'm, I'm doing freaking math in my head. But we haven't won two rounds in, in 10 years. The last time the Flyers won two rounds, they went to the Stanley Cup final. But I don't think that's going to be a mental hurdle. I think that's pretty similar. Winning one round's not very different than winning two. In my opinion. So, do you think well, especially the big... when we reseed? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the bigger mental hurdle is that this is a team that we haven't beaten the regular season that we've got up next in the Islanders? I mean, I mean, should we do a little, a little meet the Isles, Chuck? Uh, sure. 
Yeah, hey, real quick, just so, just so people know what's what's coming this week. We uh, we're going to the we're going to the touchscreen and we're ordering a shorty today. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do a thirty a thirty minute episode, uh, but then we're coming back tomorrow for a, uh, a quick raw nerve episode after game one. And honestly, I think we should lay it out right now. If we're in the Eastern Conference Finals, we should be doing it. We'll do a little episode after each game, I think, at that point, because we're going to need to yeah, we're, we're gonna need to emote one way or another. Yeah, I'm not going to be – it's not going to be like, oh, I can't do the show. I have to get to bed. You know, any game <laughs> I'm going to be up for at least yeah. two hours afterwards, yeah. so it's, it's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about the Islanders and this series coming up, and it's going to be really similar and really different at the same time. The Islanders are just better than the Habs in almost every way. A huge exception is goaltender, although Simeon Varlamov is a is a really good goalie. Is he a franchise goalie? Well, in the right system with the right goaltending coach and Mitch Korn, yeah, he probably is. You know, maybe his skills don't translate to a different team, but right now he's a very strong, very capable number one. Their backup in uh, Tomas Grice. Um is capable of being a number one again under Mitch Korn as well. So outside of goaltending, outside of, you know, a Shea Weber presence, the Islanders are going to be the tougher opponent, um, you know, for the most part. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a tougher series for the Flyers. Um you know, in that we can't beat them in six or we couldn't beat them in five or not beating them in four. Um, but there's there's opportunity here for what I suspect is going to be a really fun series. If you like if you like hockey and tight checking, um, not so defensively minded that it just crushes all the enjoyment out of the game, but not so loosey-goosey that goals mean nothing. I think you're going to get a really nice balance of that between the Flyers and the Islanders. Um, the Islanders play a defensive game, but they have some offensive talent. They are not. They didn't play against the Capitals like the Canadians played against the Flyers and the Penguins. Half time, it felt like the Canadian players' hair were on fire. You know, it was just – they lacked a bit of composure. They checked anything that moved. They swarmed the puck. And why that's really hard to deal with in the short term, good, consistent play can sort of get them out of that 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 attack. Whereas if you're playing the, the Islanders, they're going to get you with consistent, calm defensive play, consistent, calm forechecking. They're not a team that you're going to fluster too easily. Um, okay, so who's the na- who's the guy? Like, g- give me give me a couple guys from the Islanders that I- I'm gonna I'm gonna hate by the end of the week. So you know, obviously we have Max Domi uh, from the Canadians, who's an easy easy target for that ire. Who do we got? Who we got on the Isles? Uh, it's hard to say. It's because the Islanders are filled with a lot of people you'd want on your team. You know, they're built not 
not dissimilar from the the London Knights, not the London Knights, Jesus, the the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> I'm bringing in my uh, OHL hockey. Uh, they're not, not dissimilar to the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in that they are a comb- four lines that could be a great second, third line throughout the league. Um, somebody who's going to drive you nuts, um, Matt Barzell is going to be their most talented forward. Um, he is, was the highest regular season scorer for you, them, the most, you know, most likely to be a threat on any given play. Um, Brock Nelson, in that name always rung out to me. It's not my joke, but I make it every time. That sounds like a, a Dick Tracy villain. But uh, well, I was Brock, thinking a world's strongest man contestant. There you go. It's something very old timey. Brock Nelson should not be in existence in the 21st century. He should have been like, he should have been retired in like 1968. Should have been Brock. Here's your gold watch. Here's the pension for the rest of your life. Um, but also two first names. If you consider Brock a first name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Brock Nelson is, I, I want to compare him to a, a bit of a haze type and this it's a whole team full of fucking Lawtons and Raffles where it's just, they're just good. They're just consistent players. You're going to fight every line and you're going to have someone to fight against. Brock Nelson has been a pain in the ass for the Flyers. Um, you have Cal Clutterbuck uh, on the fourth line. He's going to be the one maybe most likely to, to give somebody a face, face wash after the play. Okay. He's um, the guy I'm going I'm to hate. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. They're, and they don't have a real punchable guy either. I mean, unless I'm blank. Uh, Derek Broussard, maybe. That could just be past connections with the Rangers and the, the Penguins. Yeah. Um, Broussard could do it. It's uh, Anders Lee. God, see, that that's what you, There's just this big – there is Matt Barzell, maybe Jordan Everly. And talent wise, JG Peugeot, like it's just all these. I wish you guys, I wish everyone could see this. I wish everyone could see this because Chuck right now is like an octopus who's going, (laughs) like, on the other hand, wow, on the other hand, and on the other hand, yeah, but so everyone's like low level, low level hate. Yeah, there's tons of low level hate because there's a ton of upper middle class talent. You know, you've got Matt Barzell, who's going to be your real, he's your one percenter. Apparently, I'm getting, like, very fiscally political tonight. I don't exactly. mean to. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, seriously. Matt Barzell is your 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 real superstar talent. Um, and then after that, you have a whole bunch of, if they made an all-star team one year, you shouldn't be surprised. It's a whole bunch of tier two. And they they play that way. On the, the defensive end, uh Sebastian Ajo, not the Sebastian Ajo that's on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Letty. Um, Nick Letty's punchable. We could we, we, we punch Nick Letty. Um, yeah, it's there's just a whole bunch of good, you know, not good as human beings. Simeon Varlamov's a piece of shit. But a whole bunch of good players on the Islanders. And you have Barry Trotz who can coach him up. You have Mitch Korn, the goaltender coach. I've mentioned him several times, but he's like the fucking goaltender whisperer. So 
it's going to be a tough series and know that like the Flyers in depth, any line can score against you. Unlike the Flyers, I think most of our lines are better than theirs. Their fourth line, um, I think called the best, best fourth line in heart hockey that's got Clutterbuck, that's got Martin, has somebody else too. Um, they're better than ours. The top two lines, I think we got it. Third line might be a bit of a push depending on if Giroux and JVR are on the third line and they're actually clicking. Um, defense, we have more high-end talent. You know, if our top two defensive pairs come through and if Ghost finds a home with a third pair, we could we could really hold the edge on the defense. Uh, when it comes to goaltending, I think we have the edge. I stopped and reviewed a lot of uh, film before for this. So if it sounds like I'm going through mental notes, I am. Uh, Dave, do you have a question? No, I was just going to basically go around and see what it, you know what sort of predictions we have for the series. All right, before I get into that, I just want to touch on the, the goaltending real quick. Um, because Varlamov is a good goalie. He is not as positionally sound as Carey Price. So he's going to look like he's doing more work than Carey Price, but he's not nearly as efficient. But he's a, he's a very good goalie. Um, so that's one of my biggest takeaways is Price was better than Varlamov, and Hart is better than Braden Holpe, at least in fundamentals, at least in consistency of his game. So I think that goaltending edge is going to make a real difference and – open up open up the game versus you know what we saw against uh the canadians so i'll do my prediction last um gene do you want to go first with your prediction for the series yeah sure um i I did watch a little of the islanders and Capitals series uh and the thing that you had said earlier was about how they sort of exude a, a sort of calm consistency uh that was my big takeaway after having watched Montreal play who you know they really did feel like a a a team that was cornered um and that they were playing every single shift as if it was uh the last shift of their of their season or the last shift shift of their franchise um so to see a a team almost look like they were being quarterbacked and certainly had a lot more organization so I think that that's something that the Flyers are gonna have to adjust to that this is going to be a lot more of like a I think game one you're going to see a lot of jabbing and 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 lining up distance between each other uh it could be a very uh slow game it might be one of those games it's like 1-0 or uh you know 2-1 after two periods but I think the real tale of this um series and maybe uh, tomorrow night's game is going to be you might see a, a third period that's going to open up and in the same way I think that you're going to see a series where you're going to see the series really open up in game five and game six and ultimately I think you're going to see the Flyers win uh, in six, but this is a series. Don't be surprised and don't don't overreact if you see the Flyers go down two one. Uh, I think it's very possible that we go one two one. You know, you know, uh, we win, they win, we win, or it could go the other way. So I think in the end, you're going to hang in there, and, in, and after six games, the Flyers are going to be uh, win the win the series. All right, Dave, what is your pick? So uh, this one, this one, I'm a bit concerned about this one. I would, I feel like I would much rather be playing the Capitals. Oh Uh, God, yes, not not even close. 
yeah not that not that was ever an option but um yeah so i you know I, I, this one kind of freaks me out i feel like it's going to go seven uh i'll obviously take the flyers um but i feel like this is going to be an annoyingly hard fought battle uh i'm much closer to to your line of thinking dave than than jeans although i mean we're not you know we're not saying anything too radically different than from one another i don't know i don't know i've been kicking around knowing that i was gonna have to make a prediction and i've gone back and forth flyers islanders flyers islanders i'm it's gonna go seven and the flyers will win in game seven um just Carter Hart has shown up at every level that has been asked of him. Um, he might not have the best game seven in the world, but I think presented with that challenge, he's going to be more likely to to deliver than not. I, I'd say flyers in seven as well. Will we see Elliot with any starts? I think we might. Um, we have that back-to-back game um, in there. Now, if we see Elliot with the start, we might we might not be going seven. We might be going Flyers in five, just because that's how much I love Elliot. Um, but the serious version of that is, if we see Elliot um, starting, it might mean we're comfortable taking Hart out of the game. We're comfortable knowing that we, not that we have a loss to give, but it's not do or die. Um, I think it's game three of the series that is on Thursday. First game is Monday. Second game is Wednesday. Third game is Thursday. And just with the shakiest game of the postseason for Carter Hart was the one on back-to-back days. So I think if oh – God, it's it's only game three. So as long as we're not in the whole 0-2 – uh, now that I think of it, I think we only see Elliot if we're up 2-0. If we are up 2-0, we see Elliot. If not, um, it's probably going to be hard again. I was going to say, is there any is there any world where you would see maybe um, Elliot start game two um, so that you would have, you'd go heart, Elliot, heart? No. It, just because if, if Hart wins game one, he's going to want his net. If Hart loses game one and then you put Elliot in game two and Elliot wins or Elliot loses, now you're just, it's a whole different ball game. I think you start Hart game one, you start Hart game two, and depending, you go Elliot game three. But really, the more I think about it, I think it really would just be if the Flyers win the first two games. Um, Maybe if it's one and one and the game on Wednesday goes to overtime, something like that, that could be a very real consideration. These games, I think, are more likely to go to overtime than they did against uh, Montreal. I'm not saying something because they're low scoring games. But if game one or game two goes to overtime, I think game three, again, another reason uh, Elliot might be in net. All right. So I think it's time to go to Chuck's penalty box. All right, Dave. So since you missed last week, I'll throw it back to you. Dave, who is in your penalty box this week? All right, I got to put Brett Brown in the penalty 
box finally. Um, we've mercifully ended the Sixers season today, uh, losing uh, a, once again to a Celtics team that has managed to get the best of us over the years due to uh, poor leadership, poor decision-making on our parts, and now we're going to basically be staring this in the face for the next decade. But, uh, you know, the first step to fixing this issue is – making a change at head coach. I mean, I, I, you know, I know we didn't talk a lot about this series on the show just because it was such a, uh, I don't know. It was like demoralizing. It took the air out of the room. Whenever you talk about the Sixers, it always brought me down whenever I flipped over and watched the Sixers, but it's just, I mean, enough with the turnovers, the, the, the bad play calling. I mean, I, I was watching some of these games with a, uh, my brother-in-law who's a, youth basketball coach and he is like pausing the video and diagramming to me the mistakes that are being made on the court and I mean I'm sure if he can do it we can expect an NBA head coach to do it and I know the the market is thin right now uh for head coach options but I think we've given Brett uh, you know as much leash as possible I mean hey I'm sorry that uh, uh that Ben was out for this series but you should have, I mean, it should have been a much more competitive series than it was. For that, I'm putting Brett Brown in the penalty box. All right, Brett Brown. Um, you know, we had some good times. We had a lot of bad times. <laughs> You're not a bad person. It's it's not you. It's us. We're, we're ready to move on. Brett, you get a two-minute minor for overstaying your welcome. Best of luck. Best wishes. Now get the hell out. All right, Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? All right, uh, so this is a bit more of a uh, of an idea that I'm putting into the penalty box. Uh, and the idea that I am putting into the penalty box is the eighth and ninth innings of a baseball game. Um, hmm. And I will tell you why, because <laughs> they, they are clearly uh, a disadvantage to have to continue to play past seven innings uh, if you uh, follow the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies would have an incredible record if they only had to sustain their leads through seven innings. Uh, it's it's having to get through that seventh, eighth, ninth inning that really are problematic for the Phillies. So I, I believe that if you're able to construct a team as talented as the Phillies have uh, that can give you four to five run leads through six innings, um, then you should be able to, uh, to just eliminate the eighth and ninth inning. I mean, if you're playing a doubleheader uh, – you know, the, you, you only have to play. You only have to play seven innings. But unfortunately, on those days, the Phillies are playing fourteen innings, which is way more than they can possibly be competitive in. Um, so, I think Major League Baseball, at least for uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies this season, uh, they should only get a half loss if they're able to maintain a lead through six innings. Um, that they should have to, you know, they would take a half loss in the standings if the bullpen blows it. And that's really just to keep the Phillies' season interesting for us for the rest of September. I still don't make think that they would make the playoffs even if that was the case, but um, because the bullpen has just been a, a dumpster fire, and that's basically what I've got. To, I've come around to saying, you know, anybody I talk to about this Phillies team, it's 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 uh, just no, everybody just nods their head. There's no words to even be said anymore. 
Uh, and every night it feels like you're seeing somebody else for the first time who you're getting to watch their their first time in the major leagues and the last time in the major leagues. So that's exciting. You're getting to see what people's whole careers um, <laughs> this season. Uh, so we're, I'm really happy about that. But by God, I wish I could just see guys that could manage to get, you know, if we could just have three pitchers that could be used in an inning. And remember, they all have to pitch to two batters uh, and, and to get through an inning without giving up any runs. It's just not possible. Uh, you go in there with, you know, we joke that, you know, if you're up for nothing, they Philly still need 12 more to even uh, have a chance. It's 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 awful. Um, so in that case, uh, eighth and ninth inning, please take a break. We don't need you. All right, guys. So why was six afraid of seven? Because the eighth and ninth innings are our nightmares. Uh, Gene would like baseball to modify to the Phillies' in, uh, inadequacies. We would like the same eighth inning, ninth inning, at least for the 2020 season. You're getting expelled. You're, expelled, you're getting banned. Baseball, hang out with some Pete Rose and uh, bet on some games. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? All right. The person in my penalty box should be familiar with the penalty box. Um, the penalty box should practically be named after this uh, local hack. His name is Mike Sealski. We argue on Twitter. Um, if you are a Flyers fan, you probably hate him. If you're snarky and don't know much about hockey, you probably enjoy him. Here's the thing with Mike Sealski. Uh, just today, uh, Sunday the 23rd, as you're listening to this, uh, probably not today anymore, um, Mike Sielski wrote an article cautioning us that Carter Hart could not play that well in round number two. What was he citing on it? He was citing the fact that in his rookie season, uh, a 20-year-old, Carey Price, came up short against the Flyers in his second round appearance. Now, this is a horrible, not a horrible premise for an article, but at least a horrible execution. There is no reason to believe that Carter Hart is Carey Price outside the fact that he idolizes him. And there's no reason to believe that a, a rookie goaltender who's playing so well in the opening round is going to fall apart in round number two. Are there a whole bunch of stats I'm not aware of? Maybe. But Mike didn't think it was necessary to put him in the art uh, in the article. Has Carter Hart's development mirrored that of Carey Price? I don't think so. But again, that's not in the article either. Have there been rookies to go on astounding runs? Yes, there have. There's been at least six of them. You know, some as recently as and you know playoff rookies. I mean, you know, Hart's not technically a rookie. Uh, Jordan Bennington just last year. Matt Murray a few years before him. Um, Philadelphia's own Ron Hextall, um, the, the great Ken Dryden. There have been many a young promising goaltender who comes into the limelight and shows off, exceeds expectations. And he got a lot of, Sealski got a lot of pushback from this. And he said, well, I'm not a cheerleader. I just have to talk about possibilities. So why don't you write the article about Carter Hart demanding a trade tomorrow? That's a possibility. It happens. Patrick Waugh did it. Why don't you write up the article about um, the article about uh, Carter Hart going down with an injury? That happens. This happened to the Avalanche goaltender, um, whose name I'm blanking on, and it's not important for this rant. So 
it was nothing but clickbait. There was no reason to believe that Carter Hart's going to play poorly in the second round outside the fact that it might happen. It did nothing but anger people and get them views. And Sailor Hack, you know, I've, I've read enough of your articles over the years to know that all you do is push buttons and you don't even stand that firmly behind your opinions. So Mike Sealski, you're in a 10 minute game conduct and the uh, game is conduct and the gate. Wise up, treat Philadelphia fans like they're intelligent because we're damn smarter than you if you're gonna keep peddling this crap and expect people to believe it. All right, that is all the time we have for today. Uh, we will be back with you tomorrow. Uh, with a raw nerve episode about fly, uh, regarding Flyers Islanders game one. So if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And until tomorrow morning, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here. Peace.